Welcome to episode 25 of the Embers Collective podcast. I'm Sarah Lisa Wilkinson and I'm going to be telling you a story about the devil's violin with music from Tim Karp. So there was this girl and she was a bit strange. She was a kind of girl who was always on the edge of things, never in the middle, always lurking about on the edge. That's where she was right now. Standing on the edge of her village square, staring at this man. Not blinking. Because that is how much she liked him. She liked him a lot. She'd liked him for ages. She thought he was the best man in the village. He had the best hair. Objectively. It hung in perfect curls and swirls around his face. He had the best eyes. They gleamed like green glass. The best nose, the best words came out of his face. And every time she saw him, her whole body tingled with pleasure. But the man wasn't bothered. Even though the girl spent quite a lot of her time trying to engineer herself directly into his eyeline, he never saw her. He didn't notice her. And so the girl thought, I must do something about this dynamic. And so she went into the forest because she'd heard that can help. And she got on her knees and she tilted her face up to the sky and she chanted those old words, those ancient powerful songs. So as the moon rolls away from its mother and returns, let this man turn to me. So as a pine needle brushes up against another in a pine tree, let this man brush up against me. So as a flower opens its petals to the sun, let this man open himself to me. And then she got up and she ran out of the forest to see if it had worked. And it hadn't. And so she went back in. She got on her knees again. And she cried. She beat her breast with her fists. She sobbed and screamed. She scratched into that forest floor with her nails, past the topsoil, past the middle soil, past that dark, rich bottom soil, deeper and deeper and deeper and to, oh! She got to the devil. All cosy in a little hollow in the ground. And the devil looked up and he saw the girl's fingers beckoning and he reached his hands to hers and landed lightly beside her, brushing the earth of his smart black suit, pricking up his horns. And then the devil looked at the girl and he said, hmm, what do you want? And the girl looked at the devil and she said, you know what I want. And the devil said, sure, but... What will you do? And the girl looked at the devil and said, I will do anything. And then the devil smiled. And he said, well, that is music to my ears. Go home. And bring me back the thing that gives you the most joy. And so the girl went home. She went into her house. And she looked at all the stuff that was in it. You know, the chairs and the tables and the ornaments, little bits of brick and brack, but 
none of it really gave her any joy. She thought, why? Why do we have all this stuff if it doesn't bring us joy? And then she heard this chuckle. And when she turned around, she saw her father, his great broad back and shoulders shaking with mirth, probably laughing at one of his own jokes. And she said, father, you give me the most joy. Oh. Will you come with me into the forest? And the father took his daughter's hand and he walked with her through the trees until they got to the devil and the devil smiled and clicked his fingers. And the girl's father was gone. All that was left of him were the bones of his torso and just a little bit of his neck. And the devil took those bones and he sculpted them into a hollow box that went in and out and then he varnished it and he polished it and the girl said, oh, my father's bones have never shone so bright. And then the devil said, do you still want this man? And the girl said, I do. Then go home and bring me the thing that gives you the most strength. And the girl ran home. And as soon as she stepped into the yard of her house, she saw her mother drawing up water from the well. And the girl said, Mother, you give me the most strength. Come with me into the forest. And the mother took her daughter's hand and they ran through the trees towards the devil. He smiled and clicked his fingers. And the girl's mother was gone. All that was left of her were the bones of her spine and her long grey silvery hair and the devil took them and he stretched them into a long gleaming bow and the girl said, oh, my mother's bones have never danced so light and the devil looked at the girl and he said, do you still want this man? And the girl said, I do, and go home and bring what gives you the most hope and the most despair and she raced home and as soon as she got there she saw them right away her little brother and sister playing together, pinching and poking each other. And she said, oh, it is you. Definitely, you give me the most hope and the most despair. Come with me into the forest. She took their hands. They ran together. The devil laughed, clicked his fingers twice. And her brother and sister were gone. All that was left of them were their guts and their tongues. And the devil stretched them as strings over that hollow box of bone and they tinged and they pinged and the girl said oh my brothers and sisters voices have never sounded so sweet and then the devil took that strange instrument and he put it underneath the girl's chin he put the bow in her hand and he said now play and the girl brought the bow down upon the strings and... Because it doesn't matter who you are or what your violin's made of, the first time you try and play it, it sounds disgusting. But the devil instructed her. And say what you like about the devil, and a lot of people do, he is an excellent teacher. And the girl worked. You know, she practiced really hard. She was committed, or should have been committed. 
She rehearsed until the bones in her arms ached, until the tips of her fingers were split with red blood. She was so focused on what she was doing, she almost forgot what she was doing it for, and spring became summer, became autumn, became winter, became spring again, and then... Oh, she was playing so sweet and light that the branches of the trees bent in closer to hear her, that the birds paused mid-song in the air, that the butterflies fluttered their wings as quietly as they could so they didn't miss a note. And she took that music out of the forest and into the village. And when the people heard that sound, you know, full of joy and strength and hope and despair, they left their jobs, they left their kids, they poured out of their houses, and when she played fast, they danced, shaking their limbs loose. And when she played slow, they stood in trance, tears slipping down their cheeks, they threw gold and silver and the clothes off their own backs. And that man, that man who hadn't noticed her before, He noticed her now. He noticed her all the way home. He noticed her as she wrapped that violin in a silken cloth, put it in a case and fastened the clasp. He noticed her as she walked towards him, gold and silver falling from her hands and said, everything that I have can be yours. My house, my wealth, myself, because I think you are the best man in the village. And then she lifted her lips to his. But just before they met, she said, But not my violin. Don't touch my violin. And then they kissed. And then they made love. And then they lay together in bed, in each other's arms, and the girl ran her fingers through that man's curling, swirling hair, and she drifted off to dreams her body tingling with pleasure. But the man couldn't sleep. You know what it's like when you're in a strange bed after you've just made love to a strange girl. And so he slipped out of the bed and he walked out of the room and there lying on the floor, illuminated by a shaft of moonlight from the window, almost like it was doing it on purpose, was a violin in its case. Don't touch the violin. I'm not, thought the man. I'm just looking at the case. He unfastened the clasp. Don't touch the violin. I am not. I'm merely unfastening the clasps. He unfolded the silken cloth. Don't touch the violin. I am not. I am just unfolding this silken cloth. He picked up the violin. Okay, yes. I am now, in fact, touching the violin. But I'm not going to play it because I am not stupid. And he didn't. But he pretended. He struck a pose. He skimmed the bow in the air above the strings and he imagined those people in front of him. Dancing, laughing, weeping, cheering and chanting his name. Oh my God, it was intoxicating. He could almost hear their voices. Father's bones. Whispering. Mother's bones. Whispering. Whispering.
brothers and sisters, guts and tongues. Whispering. Father's bones, mother's bones, brothers and sisters, guts and tongues. Father's bones, mother's bones, brothers and sisters, guts and tongues. Father's bones, mother's bones, brothers and sisters, guts and tongues. And a drop of blood fell from the bone onto the man's fingers and another drop spilled onto the collar of his shirt and he quickly went and he wrapped the violin back in the cloth he put it in the case he fastened the cloth and he ran to the bathroom and he scrubbed at the blood on his fingers and he scrubbed at the blood on his shirt but that kind of blood just does not come out even though he scrubbed and he scrubbed until the sun rose the next morning and what are you doing? The girl stood in the doorway all sleepy and smiley. But when she saw the blood staining the man, her smile froze as he backed away from her, turning pale and he said, you are a monster. You are a murderer. You are the devil's child. And the girl said, oh, I'm so sorry that that is how you are choosing to look at it. It's such a shame. Do you know what? That is really disappointing because I thought you were the best man in the village and you don't understand at all. And the man said, I will tell the village. I will tell everyone who you are and what you have done. And he pushed past her and he ran out of the house and the girl cried. One tear. Because that was all she had left in her. And then she went and got the violin out of the case. She polished the body, she resined the bow, she tuned the strings and she walked out of her house and she played. Sweet and soft to start with, you know, little notes that just dusted the air and the people stepped out of their houses smiling. And then she played smooth, round tones that made the people sway on their feet where they stood. And then she started playing so fierce and fast and bright, her fingers like quicksilver on the strings, that the people just stood transfixed in awe. Until the man turned up. He barged through the people in the village square. He went up to the girl. He grabbed the bow from her hand and the music stopped. And the man turned to the people. And he told them what he had seen, what he had found out, how the girl had come by that violin. And all of the people stared at the man. And then all of the people stared at the girl. And then all of the people... Boo! Boo! Boo, shut up! Get off! We want to hear the music! More! More! More, more, and the girl turned to the man. She said, oh dear. Well, now look what you've done. You've upset everyone. What am I going to do with you? And then she smiled, and she looked just past the man's shoulder, and when the man turned, he saw that there was another man standing really close to him in a very smart black suit with intense burning eyes and little horns. And the girl said, oh yes, now that's a good idea. Click! She bent down and picked up her bow from where it had fallen to the ground. 
She put the violin back underneath her chin, but now, just past where her fingers held the neck, there was this wooden scroll carved in a perfect curl. And she brought the bow back down upon the strings and the music swirled around the people in the village square and they started to move and dance and cheer and chant as the girl played on and the girl played on and the girl played on and that's why i would never let my child play a violin yeah thank you very much so lisa it's a good takeaway. <laughs> Hi, Rixie here, by the way, with Tim Carp and Sarah Lisa. Um, so, Sarah Lisa, Devil's Violin, mm. why did you tell that story? <laughs> I don't know, because it really bothers me. Um, I sort of like, I've come across it like in a few versions. I think I was like doing research for another story that has also got like an instrument made out of bones. Um, and I was aware of it and it just, it sort of stuck with me and... I remember when I was first working on it thinking, I don't know why this has stuck with me because I find it really, really disturbing, like like quite upsetting. Mm. What, what was the thing that most disturbs you about it? I think it's that, um, that sacrificial element, isn't it? It's that kind of sacrificing of your family for this, like what is an obsessive love. Um, I know there's other ways of thinking about it, um, and I like the other ways of thinking about it, but there was something just quite, yeah, I had quite like a visceral reaction to that kind of like, would you do anything? And yes, I'll give up this and I'll give up my parents. And it was kind you know. of her like nonchalantness about it all mm. as well. Just like, oh, yeah, you give me strength. Great. Yeah. It's just a mad selfishness. Yeah. Because I don't know, because I mean, I think that's one of the things like, um, because, you know, I like mucked around with the story a bit and sometimes I think I've probably mucked around with it too much um like from the sources so maybe I've just kind of like made a bit of a rod for my own back and made life too difficult for myself because I remember like working on it and like running it to a friend and she was like I don't like she's like is she like a psycho from the beginning like or does she start somewhere and do we kind of see her change and I'm like that these are really good questions and I don't even know if I know the answers um to them really um but i see mm. the change in her and mm. i almost applaud her change mm. at the end so when the thing that she's actually chasing after is this guy from the mm. town mm. and then it gets to the point where she's like well actually i don't need you because what i've got is enough mm. and yes she sacrificed her family for it Maybe this says more about me. But I was there's a part I didn't of me even going notice that. That's there, a really good point. There's though. a part of me that's going like, Oh, good for you. Well done. <laughs> well done. And I guess I guess like, you know, and I do think there is that kind of thing that, you know, when you do like work on something obsessive, like you you um absorb people into it, don't you? Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's like a and somebody said that to me like the first or second time I told it's like, you know, that's what we do, like art or anything like that oh, you, know, you kind yeah. of like yeah. everybody comes into the violin and you keep them with you and you know that's like what you carry that's around. a beautiful story that's a really mm. nice way <laughs> of looking at it mm. i saw it as more of being like as an artist there is or as anyone who works mm. ferociously on anything mm. there is a tendency to obsess solely on mm. what you're doing and cut mm. everything else out of your life mm. so 
everything else kind of comes second to your project. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as a result, you do get better at your craft. You do yeah. get better at what you're doing, but then it's kind of like, well, what's left? Yeah. Mm. If that violin was to go, what would be left? Yeah. Mm. And you've got no one to share it with because you've you've mm. isolated yourself so much that yeah, all your close people are gone. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it resonated with nowadays, the modern mm. day, like so much with just the way things are. So that audience, mm. those townspeople that mm. loved her and cherished her, mm. by tomorrow that could be gone. Mm. You know, and, and then it's just her with no one. Oh, and they don't care like what she's done either to nope. to get it, um, which I think is quite interesting. And again, I think that might be me. I don't think that's like because I think what happens in like the original sources that I've read is that she gets sucked down to hell. Um, so it's mm. really like that's unambiguous. You know, she does all these things, and she gets sucked down to hell, but the violins like left there. So mm. she um, and I didn't do that decided to keep her up on nice. the no, ground. No, it's good. I, mean, I think, like you said, Rixie, mm. it's like such a comment on today. And and we, you know, as an example, we know where we get our mm. produce from. We know where we get the batteries mm. from, our phones from. We know where they come from. Mm. But we like but we love them because mm. they make us happy. They make mm. us feel good. Well, also, to be fair, as someone who does use phones and laptops, like how do you exist without them in the modern world? Well, it's, yeah, yeah, we've got to the point where it's, it's very difficult to. You that's can't. Why we're, and it's like, mm. we're here. We've made that. That's just the mm. way it is. Like, we're all complicit. Yeah. In the way those townspeople are all complicit. Yeah. Mm. In what they're getting. They don't know exactly what's happened. Mm. Um, well, I guess he tells them, like, quite plainly. Or maybe I didn't make that clear enough yeah, in the telling. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I think, like, I find that quite amusing. And um, there is the idea, like, you know, what do you put up with? when you know that the person who has made something is that whole kind of like monsters making beautiful art. Michael Jackson. It? You know, well, like, yeah. Well, yeah, but like, you know, everybody that the kind of like, you know, the thing over the last few years um, and people really like struggling, like, do you separate them or do you not separate them? And is that possible? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that a bad example? No, it's just me. I just, how did we get here? <laughs> Michael Jackson. Um, and yeah, no, it's what you say about the fact that it disturbs you. Mm. Is it because it's not an ending that's necessarily tied up nicely with a bow of... Because this what, mm. what we do see is a sort of inverse hero's journey. Oh, but... Oh, why do you say that for? <laughs> because what she does is... is her behaviour gets mm. gradually worse. Yeah. But she comes out changed and ultimately... A, a, well, she comes out changed by the end of the story. So she goes into mm. the metaphorical woods. Mm. The she, real woods, babe. Well, the real... Yeah, she goes into the real woods. No, she literally <laughs> she goes, into goes into the real into the woods. woods. And she undergoes these tasks and she, like, gets mm. better. This is her quest. Mm. And then by the end, she is a completely different person. Mm. And the thing... Like I said earlier, the thing that was um, she was originally pursuing is now not enough for her. Yeah. And it's kind of like I don't actually need you, and yeah. it's just and it's kind of that inverse hero's journey, which is why I always go, oh, good, for you. I, I'm on her side. So do you think the ending? Because I, I think I remember again somebody saying to me, oh, I like I need to know that she's, I don't know, maybe I need to know that she's being punished or something that you know those actions have had a consequence, and of course they have had some kind of consequence, um, but not like the kind of getting sucked down 
into health. Yeah, there's loads of stories where people get their comeuppance. Let's let's just be happy that there's a little bit of art that doesn't Mm. fulfil that generic story. Well, you know, the story doesn't end there, it goes on. Mm. Oh, yeah, then what happens? Yeah, then what happens? Do you want to do the sequel? Oh, should we do a sequel? Yeah. 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 Devil's cello. She maybe she forms a band. <laughs> she makes a band with a drummer. Where does the drummer get the skin from? Yeah. Well, she she uh, breaks a string and she's like, need some more. Girls. She has to get a string of lovers. I like this lady. Yeah. I want to see more of her. Okay, I see. I Fine. want to see where her violin takes her next. Mm. I think there's something in this. Mm. I'm so glad we talked about it because I re- I never saw pa- past the kind of. She's just a psychopath. Mm. That's about it. That's about as far as I got with that. With reading into that, I'm so glad that you guys yeah. have such. Yeah, but you can infer. There's so many things to because there is that. There is that reading of it, and then there's. I mean, it's you bring yourself as a listener. You bring yourself. To <laughs> what are you saying? Saying you're a psychopath. You hear psych- you see psychopath. <laughs> you're a psychopath, um, and I just see. I'm like, yeah, good for you. You cut everyone out of your life to get where you want. Brilliant. That's awesome. Oh. Make that deal with the devil. <laughs> Make the deal with the devil. We all have. We all would. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's still like kind of I've got work to do on that story and kind of like getting to know that story and like figuring figuring it out. So, what do you mean by that when you say figuring it out? I just yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe I do feel like I've sort of changed things, not for the sake of changing them, but like like in the process of trying to figure it out maybe it would do me good to like go back to the like original sources that I read and look what's there maybe I've just kind of got too caught up with my own ideas about it I, I don't think know that's, I think that's mm. not necessarily a bad thing mm. because stuff needs to evolve mm. art needs to evolve with people mm. can't in my opinion it can't be a museum that's what makes art mm. new and exciting is that yeah you, you look at sources mm. from the past they will teach you things. They will mm. make you create new ideas, mm. and and your idea is an, is as as relevant as their idea. Someone will look at your, listen to this podcast in in hundred years, obviously. Hello, oh, really? Uh, oh, hi. I'm how, sorry. How are you? I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and they'll be yeah. Someone will listen to this, and they'll go. Oh, I can't really remember what the original. You know, thinking that yours was the original version, but the oh, version no. you heard wasn't the original version, mm. Charlie. So like, oh yeah, no, it's not that. It's just kind of like what what's most useful, isn't it? Because you know, there's probably things that have lasted for a reason. Um, but yeah, I get what you've you've just, told it in your way, and I mm. think it's beautiful. I love I love the way you tell, and mm. it's such a pleasure to to mm. to to create with you and to perform mm. with you because you have such a great grasp of what you're saying, and and I find just Sometimes. pleasurable experience mm. for me. Definitely, it's mutual. You're a technician. Put it together very well. Yeah, but there is that thing of like, should you tell the story as you've heard it? I personally think no, but I know that there are people. I mean, just with anything, do you play a piece of music if you've heard it? No. Who says the thing that you know? Um, you need to add something. There's a really lovely quote that I can't remember. I don't know why I bring this, bring these kind of things up when I don't know the actual thing that I'm trying Pass to say. Pass it off as your own. No. <laughs> But it's like, you know, a story isn't like beautiful or something unless something's been added to it, you know. Mm. Who says that? And what is that what they say? <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Mm. Do you know what I mean? No. Um, but like, yeah, so that's what you're saying. Because I mean, when you say like, should you tell the story as you've heard it? Like from who? Like, and from where? Yeah. From what? 
Yeah, I mean, well, most of my stories are just fractal things mm. that I've thrown together or just, mm. like, made up. But also when I have... Just in general, just when, like, you know, with, with writing, with all those things, I mean, what you do is... What I think tends to happen is you, you might hear something mm. or see something or read something or watch something and you go, oh, I really like that, that's brilliant. Mm. I'm going to copy that, mm. but also make it different enough so that it's mm. mine. Yeah. But I'm going to take the best bits from all the good things that I like mm. and then I'm going to produce that mm. because I want to see that. Yeah. And I know that, like, it's quite... You know, looking at it in the small world of stories mm. is, uh, it's quite, but it's exactly the same thing. Mm. It's kind of like, this is how I want to tell it. This is how I want to paint it. This is how I want to play it. Yeah. You know. It's good to use your imagination, isn't it? Like, really use your imagination. But I think it's that idea of like, you know, if there's a certain spirit in a story, you might as well pay attention to what that is mm-hmm. as well. Do you know what I mean? Because otherwise you could, do you know what? I just don't have an answer. To it, no. do both, do everything. <laughs> yeah. Make it your you, own, and also don't make it your own. Unless you're a journalist, then you have what? to be truthful. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you should. Unless you want to sell newspapers, you won't sell newspapers, but you would be doing your job. <laughs> if BBC News suddenly went, I could tell you the news, but I'm going to tell you how I want to say it. It would be carnage. <laughs> Maybe cut that bit out. No, it's all right. We'll leave it. <laughs> um, all right. We, yeah, let's let's wrap it up. Um, is there anything that we wanted to plug or promote or not plug? We have a gig on Halloween on the thirty first um, called Witch, which is. Um, an all-female lineup of storytellers and musicians, and it's going to be our first, like, show at the Jago, um, which we're really looking forward to. Um, it's sold out. Yeah, you can't come. You can't come, so don't come. <laughs> but like, maybe there's going to be a few on the doors. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> what a horrible, unwelcoming thing to say. Why did you let me keep going? Oh, I no, forgot it was. <laughs> I forgot it was sold out. Um, but we'll be doing it, you know, we'll be doing lots of shows yeah. um, in the coming months. Actually, there's a good one happening on the 30th of November. It's not it's not our event, but it's a Regeneration Festival. Oh, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is what Lonan um, is, is programming for. So he's got Embers Collective. Um, one of my bands is playing there as well. And it's going to be under the A406 somewhere. I can't really remember <laughs> where. Just drive around the A406 and you'll find it. Which one of your bands uh, is there? Berengella, Brazilian band. Um, yeah, and it's outside. It's going to be... It's kind of a, a clear-up party planting um, party, basically. Mm. Um, but it sounds really fun. might be a bit chilly, but there'll be fires. So wrap up warm if you want to come to that. I'm not sure if it costs either. I'm not really sure. Regeneration Festival. Look it up. Put it into um, the internet. And well, we've got heroes on the tenth of November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we do. Which is our going to be our take on the kind of uh, what do you call it? The generic hero story. Isn't a better word than that? Um, kind of. I guess. Yeah, just looking at the idea of hero. What is a hero? Will there be a hero medley? Will there be Cadbury's heroes? You'll have to come along and find out. Yeah, get, <laughs> these are the questions. We've got Enrico Iglesias to play music with us as well. 
but we're also raising money for, for yes, mental health charities. <laughs> so you've got to come. <laughs> okay, so 10th of November yeah. at the Jago. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Um, so you can't come to the Halloween one, but come to the 10th of November. If the you Jago. really want to come to the Halloween one, I mean, try. Try yeah, it. Yeah, send that. No, send don't one of us come. a message. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What's uh, Thank you, Sarah and Lisa, for your story. Thank you very it much, Tim, for your music. That's as okay. always. Thank you, Rixie, ever. for being here. Thanks, Rick. Giving your two pence. Trying to three pence today. Mm. I've given a lot of pence. Yeah. When are you going to get any back? <laughs> Not in this game. <laughs> give, give, give you, isn't it? It's all give. It's hard. Yeah. Spend, spend, spend. Okay. Thanks for listening mm. to the Embers podcast. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.